Here we uncover the traditions that are working for successful parents. For the parents who are ready to do things differently but aren't sure how, go to wandahoward.com and download my free blueprint. It will help you create the difference you've been looking for and enable your kids to be emotionally healthy and confident throughout their lives. Now is the time to start doing things differently. Welcome back, everybody, to the Successful Parents Podcast. I am your host, Wanda Howard. Today, we have with us Marley Jacks. I have been so excited about this interview because I have followed her for a really long time. I love what she does, but I also love the person she is. She is a content marketing expert and a YouTube whiz. She is the queen on YouTube. I absolutely love her videos. It's funny because normally with business stuff, I kind of just like skip through videos, but Marley's videos are so entertaining that I love watching them and I learn a lot. So definitely go check her out on YouTube. And she also helps accelerate businesses through coaching. So Marley's awesome. Thank you, Marley, so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. This is so fun. When you asked to talk about parenting, I was like, this is the first time that I've ever been on a podcast to talk about parenting. So let's go. I love it. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I'm excited because especially with the way you came into parenting, I think so many people need this conversation more. So before we get there, though, first, tell everybody a little bit more about what you do and why you do it. So my name is Marley Jacks. I, uh, I help businesses grow through YouTube, through online content. And I came into it kind of by accident. I'd always loved, you know, creating content before I even really knew it was called content. Like when I was a kid, I'd steal my dad's video camera and make little like news. We we would pretend that we were recording the news, me and my cousins. Um, Or I would uh, take the camera and like vlog the whole weekend and then edit it into like a recap video of the weekend before YouTube was around before vlogs were really a thing. Um, and I I went into, I was out of school, like I went into radio and television, I went into event management, um, but it was like, it was kind of unstable, you know, a lot of job turnover and uh, definitely some egos in the industry. So I went into dental hygiene, which is not creative at all. And that's how I learned about myself that I'm a very creative person. And the most creativity I could have is like, you know, changing the stories from patient to patient to patient, the the stories that I would tell. Um, So then I started doing social media for the dental office and started getting good results. Like, you know, I would just make up stories about like our office goldfish or tell the story about one of the dental hygienists, like what what they did over the weekend and like why you should come in and talk to her about it while she's cleaning your teeth or whatever. And, um, and so from there, um, the IT guy at the dental office was like, Hey, would you be interested in doing social media for some of my other clients? And I was like, sure, I guess so. Well, next thing I know, he's referred me to all of his clients. And all of a sudden I have a business and I'm like, this is fun. Like, I didn't know you could get paid to do this. Um, And so that has evolved into now like clients fly into our studio from all over the world and we film their YouTube content or we coach them and train them and their teams on how to build a content machine system inside of their business that generates leads and sales for them through YouTube and Instagram and TikTok and micro content. So that's what I do. I'm like a very creative person. I love creating new things. And sometimes uh, I like thank goodness for for steven my my partner and my business partner because he is very like business and operations and he's also so creative too but sometimes i would just forget about the money because i just love to create cool things with cool people (laughs) oh i love that oh so many cool things there because definitely just the idea that you were doing what you were told like 
everybody <laughs> goes and gets a job and starts off that way. And the fact right. that it wasn't even this, I should start a business or anything. It was, uh, you were kind of thrown into it and you did it because you loved it. I love that. So um, my next question uh, is then, what was it? Um, you, you kind of touched a little bit of you would do like those news recordings on your dad's phone and things like that. So what was it though, as a kid that you feel like your parents did to help you be who you are today? My parents are business owners. So, and actually, so I'm, I'm from Canada and my parents own a hockey league, which is very Canadian of us. <laughs> so my entire life, my parents worked in their full-time jobs. My dad worked for the government. My mom worked as a systems analyst for a few different other companies. And um, in the evenings, my dad would work on the hockey business from like 9 p.m. till like midnight, sometimes 2 a.m. And he was so dedicated to both his business and his family like my dad drove me to school every day and we'd have that like bonding time on the drive to school after work it would be like five to nine was family time and then it'd be like all right i'm gonna go like work my second job my like run my business and just watching him be so dedicated to that but also have such a good balance in family like i never felt like i was put on the back burner or that my dad didn't have time for me when he was really working so hard and the thing about my dad is i've never ever heard him complain either like he wow. he would work nine to five five days a week and then he'd work in the evenings and, and weekends on his business um and then at some point when i was in high school my mom left her full-time job to also join him in the business because it had grown to the point where you know we, they were able to really take off and focus on it and um i remember like getting calls to the house and of course as a kid you answer the phone and they're like hi is your mom and dad there and uh it would often be like the hockey players or the referees or the timekeepers and they would know who I am even though I didn't know who they were like they would just take an interest in our family because they loved my parents so much and and it was <laughs> when I got to college um I was at a college party and there were these these guys there that they were like they, they heard my last name and they're like, do you know Rainier, which is my dad? And I'm like, yeah, why? And they're like, oh my gosh, he's so cool. I'm like, oh, like they were freaking out over my dad. And I didn't know that my dad was like this local celebrity because of the community that he built around the good old game of Canadian hockey. And so it was just really cool to, to be able to witness. It's almost like how you ever, I've heard the story about how Walt Disney's kids realized one day that their dad was Walt Disney. They're like, they said that you are the one that like makes these movies in this park. And he's like, oh yeah. And so I feel like I had that moment with my dad of that he built this amazing hockey community in Canada. And that I, you know, he was always just my dad and my confidant and my my best friend and like my dad that I got to play with. And and here's all these people that love him so much too. And that also knew me as a result of loving him. So I just, I learned a lot about work ethic and also about building relationships and community from watching my parents in how they ran their business. Ah, this is so cool because I feel like so many people right now, we get stuck in this idea of I'm spending too much time at work, but it, from what you said, like that is a lot of hours pouring in to your business but you left your childhood still feeling that family connection, that worth, like you and your dad were good friends. So I, I love that you shared the 
it isn't so much a tactic, but the way that they lived their life. And it wasn't so much about uh, this time of day from this time of day is too much work. And so I'm a bad person. It was more about what time do we have with our kids? and Let's make it count. I love that. I'm really curious to even ask my dad now as an adult and in raising three girls myself, where I can feel the stretch of like, oh, I'm working. They see me working too much. They're asking when I'm going to be able to come play with them. Like, I wonder if my dad ever felt the guilt of like, am I enough? Am I showing? Am I present? Um, I, I feel like I need to ask him next time I see him, because to me, it was it was effortless. And he I've told him this before. I was like, dad, you were like perfect for me. And uh I really mean that. Like, I, I can't think of anything that my dad, you know, ever let me down on. I feel like he's the most reliable person I've ever met. Yeah. I love that. Well, if you do ask him, definitely let us know. Let us know <laughs> I'll report back. <laughs> Perfect. So, okay. So as a kid, they gave you this amazing blueprint, basically, of modeling how to balance home and family. And then you grow mm-hmm. up, you start to create your own business now with your own business and it's thriving and you're getting people in how did you become a mom what was that transition like for you um also by accident (laughs) not in the way that you think uh it's like the business kind of fell into my lap and then also these three girls did too um i'm a stepmom and uh so my my boyfriend steven and i we 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 met through both being entrepreneurs and he had also um gone through divorces around the same time and so we kind of just became friends through that and i had a lot of healing that i needed to do after my divorce a lot of uh false beliefs and just you know things that i needed to um heal those wounds before i felt really ready for another relationship and when steven started to court me and show interest and pursue me uh i kept telling him no 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 you're not my type like you're so great you're so nice but nice wasn't my type which is like now i look back on it just kind of like oh that's cute you had some healing to do (laughs) um but yeah what i what i i mean what i was attracted to at the time was people that were emotionally unavailable because it was a challenge for me. There was, um, I think some false beliefs or some traumas in growing up that led me to believe that, you know, relationships had to be hard and that I had to really prove myself in a relationship. And so with Steven, um, he, you know, he loved, he loves me for who I am. And when we started that relationship, it was like, no, 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 this seems too good to be true. Um, after a lot of healing and therapy, I realized where that came from. And uh, it, it's crazy the kind of things that can come out in therapy that like you just you're not thinking about um, where it came from for me is when I was very young, my mom went through a depression. And in that time, of course, my mom you know, needed to take the time to focus on her and her own health and her own healing, as we all do. Mm -hmm. Um, I think little Marley internalized that as there's something wrong with me. And it's my fault that my mom is sad. And I need to do something to show up to prove myself to be good enough for my mom. And that seed was planted and created a pattern of relationships throughout the rest of my life of, you know, mean girls in school, um, bad boyfriends growing up, uh, codependent relationships with bosses, employees, and um, 
and and then of, of course in my marriage which was like the biggest opportunity for me to learn and overcome that through my divorce so finally going through that healing and then meeting Stephen and and coming into this really beautiful healthy relationship and realizing that like I do deserve this because I am healthy um that's where then I got to inherit these three gorgeous beautiful perfect little amazing hilarious precious angels <laughs> um Stephen has three girls um, they're aged, uh, eight, seven and four and coming into their lives. Uh, I remember the moment where I was like, it just hit me. Oh my gosh. I, when I meet them at this point, I hadn't met them yet. It was like, oh my gosh, I'm not just babysitting them. I actually have a responsibility for their emotional well-being and development. If I'm going to be a stepmom in their life. Um, and I over-prepared. I read all the books. <laughs> I rehearsed in my mind hypothetical conversations of they would ever be like, you're not my mom or like, you know, the typical things that you maybe would think that could happen. And uh, none of it has happened. And all the books I read, sure, I don't regret that. I, you know, learn, <laughs> have all this knowledge now that I feel like I'm prepared, but um, being able to step into their lives and play a stepmother role has been like, just such a gift that I never even knew I wanted until I had it. And now it's like one of my favorite roles in my life. Oh, I love this. And I love your and Steven's story. Oh, my tongue is all tied up, but I love your and Steven's story. It, I love the idea that so many people like divorce is so prevalent right now in our world. Mm-hmm. And so many people, when they go through that, they feel like it's just evidence that they are broken. It's just further evidence that there isn't hope for them. But you didn't do that. You didn't go down that hole. You let that be a source of healing. And then you and Steven created this beautiful relationship. Anybody that's interested, you can go hear their whole story on YouTube. Go check it out. It's so adorable. I absolutely love it because a lot of it is honestly probably because I relate to it personally. (laughs) And I love though, that it was so much more about let's make sure we can actually support each other. And I think Mm -hmm. the fact that you did that in relationship to those three amazing kiddos, that that was beautiful and able to like generate that. Would you say that is correct? Yeah, we, I feel like we over-prepared in getting ready for the kids to meet me. And we also over-prepared in entering a relationship. Like we were friends for a very long time. And even before dating, and we talk about this in the video on YouTube too, where uh, we made a list of reasons why we shouldn't date. <laughs> we never made the list of reasons why we should. We eventually just got over it and started dating. and <laughs> fell deeply in love. But, uh, you know, we we recognized the patterns that we were in previous relationships. Um, I had many relationships with like codependency where like I'm, I can only be happy if you're happy. And I felt like I needed to prove myself to feel good enough in a relationship. And, you know, how do you, I didn't want to enter another relationship like that, being conscious of it, didn't want to fall back into old patterns. Um, so yeah, we, we did the work and we're really conscious of, of how we stepped into the relationship, which I think is great. I, I've heard it said like the game is won in the draft and we were very, you know, cautious in how we entered the relationship so that it could be as strong as it is today. Yeah. And that's, it's really cool too, because you use the word cautious a lot. And I think a lot of people think that that 
Um, if you do that, you're not necessarily putting a lot of trust into the other person, but it's totally the opposite because when you're being cautious in that kind of a way, you are trusting them and you're giving, giving them a healthy amount of trust a little bit at a time. And as they honor it, then you can keep going a little further. So that's beautiful. I say cautious because in previous relationships, I had only crashed into love. I had like, <laughs> I've never fallen in love. So it was less of a, can I trust you? And more of a, can I trust myself? And the, our friendship at the time meant so much to me that I didn't want to ruin it. So it was like, if we are going to date, I want this to be long-term and I want to be the best for, for you and for me in this relationship. So like, let's just take it one step at a time instead of the the crashing into love like I had done before. <laughs> Oh, I love that. I love the difference between crashing and falling into love. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, so now like things are moving along. You guys have kind of your day to day routines and connecting with your kids. So what does that look like? How do you keep that kind of a healthy relationship with your kids? And how are you helping them to have that same kind of emotional relationships that they can take off into their other relationships as well? My biggest goal in raising them, I guess, is I just, I want them to have emotional safety and freedom to create the kind of lifestyle that they want, where I can just, you know, guide them or help encourage them. Um, I want them to know what a real healthy relationship is. And I think the best way that I can demonstrate that is by Stephen and and I being an example of that. Um, and we... I mean, we certainly are like very affectionate in front of them to the point where sometimes they're like, ew, stop kissing or like, haha, kiss again. Like it's, you know, they, they see what affection and love looks like. And I'm very affectionate with them. And I ask them about their emotions and what they want to do and create and be. And, um, and I just, I've learned so much about myself through parenting them too, about playfulness. Like, I think that for a, like a, a long phase of my life was like, I just have to be focused and dedicated and driven and serious. And I have to like, you know, be all in on creating my goals, but forgot about play, like play and creation. And I noticed this, like, this was one of the early things in my relationship with the kids is like, let's say there's a big mess in the living room. And then we want to go, you know, to the mall or to the jump the trampoline park or whatever. And it's like, in my mind, it's, you can't do the next thing or you can't have the next thing to play with until you clean up the last thing. It's like, you're, for me, the the false belief is you have to earn it before you can have it. So like, we have to clean this up. So then you have the green light to do this. And, uh, and at some point I was just like, why, where did that come from? Why do you have to earn worthiness to be able to go play? Uh, and I, you know, I think of like when I was a kid, you know, you have to clean up your room before you can go to the sleepover. And I'm not saying that we throw that out the window. Of course, you know, we also teach personal responsibility, but it just also allowed me to test my own belief in where am I holding myself back from playing? Because I feel like I have to earn it. Like here's these three beautiful girls that I love so much and I want them to have every opportunity to play and to create and have so many opportunities and, you know, remove those those insecurities or blocks from from doing so 
why would I impose on them that you have to earn your play? So you have to eat your dinner first, or you have to clean this room first. And again, yes, personal responsibility, but like, it's not a worthiness thing. Yeah. Ah, I love this conversation so much. The, the idea of yes, being personally responsible is awesome, but are we teaching our kids to be personally responsible for having fun in their lives? I think so often we skip that because just like you said, it's just, in our society, it's just all around us all the time of first do what you need to do and then do what's fun. And yeah, so- you know, a cool personal responsibility lesson for me with the kids is um, I would sometimes be like, okay, we're going outside, like put your jacket on, it's cold, maybe get your mittens or whatever. And sometimes they just wouldn't want to, like sometimes they'll go out barefoot and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, it's cold, it just rained, your feet are wet. Like, you know, I think of this because that's what that's what I would want to wear or whatever. And um, I was reading this book from uh, Dr. Todd Corelli, where he's like, you know what, what would happen if they just went outside without their jacket? The worst thing is they'll be cold. And then they'll learn for themselves to wear their jacket next time, instead of you telling them how they have to be, which then you know can create some codependency or create reliance. We give them the opportunity to be independent and learn how to make decisions for themselves. So at the very least, like, are they going to go outside and be cold for a little bit? Yeah. Are they going to do it again the next time? Maybe, but it's up to them now. Like they can make their own decisions. Uh, So how has that been going to like really be able to model that? Because I love this too, but I want to know how it's going for you. Uh, with like that example, I mean, we've certainly still had things that's getting cooler right now or coming into fall, into winter. And I will make a suggestion like, hey, do you want to do you want to wear your jacket? No. okay. And then later, you know, when they're I'm so cold, can we go home? Oh, you should have brought a jacket, huh? (laughs) Next time, like, it's not about guilt. It's not about shame. But it's like, cool. we learn our lessons and we move forward. I do, too. Like, I I would hate if there was this uh, punitive parent over my shoulder all the time. You're like, yeah, you shouldn't have eaten. So you shouldn't have eaten so much or you should have gone to bed earlier or whatever. Like, you know, we all have to learn and live and learn and also give yourself the grace to, to play and make mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. The thing that I think is really cool about this idea too, and, and you keep bringing it up, the codependency is mm-hmm. as parents, we codependent on our kids so often of, are we successful based on their actions? But when we allow mm-hmm. our kids to be code or not codependent and rely on themselves, we are actually allowing ourselves to enjoy parenting and being around our kids so much more because we're not constantly like, are my kids happy? Yes. Okay. Then I'm a good parent. Are my kids doing this? Yes. Okay. Then I'm a, like, it just doesn't right. work. So, okay. So what would you say right now? Like, what is the thing that you guys are most excited for? How do you get your kids to build their dreams for the future? What is going on right now in your guys's lives that everybody's excited for and everybody's working together to get to um so Stephen and I like we run a business together and so we have our strategic planning we have our annual planning our quarterly planning you know the way that you typically run a business and we started to apply that to our family as well like what can we do to set goals as a family and teach the kids about setting goals you know, you, you go to school and you do your homework and you go to Taekwondo practice and whatever, but what about other long-term goals? Um, we're reading, uh, rich dad, poor dad, rich kid, poor kid, the kid's version of it. And, um, they started asking us, how do we make money? 
And we're like, we're so glad you asked. <laughs> You've come <laughs> to the right place. And uh, we're like, well, how much money do you want to make? And they said $10,000. And we're like, wow, okay. <laughs> we're like, aiming high, let's go. Um, so we started to have like little conversations about like how to make money. Okay, how do you think we can make money? Maybe we can make bracelets. Maybe we can write a book. Maybe we can set up a lemonade stand. Um, and starting to talk about, okay, and then how, what would we, what are the expenses? What do we do with that money after? What's the goal? What are we going to spend that money on after? We have a piggy bank that uh, is like in sections. So there's one section of the piggy bank that you put in for saving, for tithing, for, uh, I can't remember now what the rest of them are, but like it shows them also how to like what to do with your money. And so it's been really cool for uh, for that to click and see see them start to get creative about like, how can I provide value and in exchange make money so that I can reach these goals? And we've started to talk about like, what are the goals? Um, and we've talked about a trip to Disneyland. Okay, what's the goal? What do we want to achieve for us to be able to go to Disneyland next year? So that's been fun. That's really cool. And so with Disneyland, was that, is that in motion? What's next year? How far apart do you usually set your goals? Yeah, typically, um, and same thing with like a business, you have your annual planning, you have your quarterly planning. So we have a goal for like the year. So next year sometime, we'd like to go to Disneyland. Um, and then we're talking about like, what can we do in the next 90 days? Um, and we haven't decided yet what that's going to be. We're still throwing out ideas. Like, are we going to make bracelets? Are we going to, you know, what are the, what's the thing that we're going to try to make money in? Um, I've heard of some families where they, they set a goal and it wasn't, have, it didn't have anything to do with money, but uh, they set a fitness goal of like, Hey, we want to go run this marathon as a family. And that was going to be in 90 days. Well, what do they have to do? every day or every week leading up to that 90 days. And they went on family walks and went on family runs together. And then their goal for achieving, for actually like fi finishing the race, finishing this marathon was then they, they bought um, uh, like a go-kart or like fun little thing for the family. So um, I've also considered creating other goals that aren't money-based because uh, it's so great to teach them money early, but I also want to teach them about like health and um you know, health and relationships too. Yeah, it's so good. So I one more question about this topic. Um, this is something that we do in our family and I really want to get an idea of like how you guys handle it. Um, what do you do when you've set the deadline for your, um, your goal and then you get to that and maybe you didn't make the right amount of money that you had set or you didn't follow through with the last step or what does that look like when you get to that point where it's like, okay, we didn't finish X, Y, Z completely, but we're here to the point mm -hmm. that we were going to get the prize or the fun thing. What do you do then? Um, what I think I would do in that situation is reevaluate, take it as a, a learning experience of why didn't we hit the goal? Was it something out of our control? Was it that we didn't follow through? Were we not dedicated? Um, and I've heard this, you know, when they say like, reach for the moon, if you miss, you'll land among the stars. It's like, <laughs> is that also just like graceful losing? Um, and it, it's not that we don't want to encourage our kids to still celebrate their wins. Like, of course, we're going to celebrate what we have accomplished, but then also see why didn't we hit the target? Was the target too far? Do we need to pull it closer? Where do we need to reevaluate? Um, and I, 
you know, I think this could be argued, is it giving a participation trophy for just still giving the prize, even though we didn't hit it? Or is it let's reevaluate, let's move the target closer and create a new goal? I ah, love it. Okay. Well, for our last question today, Marley, I could keep going on and on and on. I keep thinking of things to say, but we're running to our time. So um, what would be your last piece of advice for parents, step parents, people who have kids in their life and they want to do a good job, but they didn't have them as the beginning as babies. And they're worried about that bonding connection and, and they want to make sure that they're doing a good job. What would be the first piece of advice that you would give to them? Um, man, for me coming in as a stepmom, as dad's girlfriend, um, my first and only goal was just to like build a relationship with them, be friends with them, create like an emotional trust with them. Um, and I really let, let it go at their pace. Uh, Stephen and I actually lived together for some time before the girls even ever knew when he had the girls, like when during his time with them, I would leave and I would go live at a friend's house during that time, which was also, it was hard to do that, like pack up a bag and leave for days at a time. But um, it was what was best for the kids. Like it's, it doesn't matter my desires or my ego getting in the way. Like if I want a long-term happy relationship with them, I have to go at their pace. So when I first met them, I'm, we kind of do this like really strategically that we planned it all out that the first times I'd meet them would be in a group setting with other families and other kids. And I would just be there. And so they would start to see me and like, you know, I could talk to them, play with them a little bit, but also give them the space. And then we'd go, you know, have another friend thing with a bunch of other families. And then it would be, oh, I'd meet them at the park and hi, how are you? And play and then um, start to invite like, hey, yeah, should we invite Marley over for a movie night? And then started to let them lead the way. So maybe they'd ask for another movie night or they'd ask, can Marley come for dinner or, and, and we were just, we were so slow. Honestly, like I lived with Steven for a year before they knew that I lived there. And then when I did move in, it was uh, asking them, should Marley come for a sleepover? Uh, Should we have Marley stay for the weekend? And uh, at some point it was just like, Stephen will like jokingly say this, like they'd come in the door and be like, hi, dad, where's Marley? <laughs> and so it was it was at the point where they were requesting me or just assumed that it was normal for me to always be there. So it was nice to let them lead the way, even if that was emotionally hard for me at times. But now it's like I forget what we went through because it just feels so normal now. And all of the the things that I overprepared on thinking like, are we going to get along? Is co-parenting going to be hard? Um, how's my relationship going to be with their mom? Like none of my concerns have ever come to fruition. It's been, um, it's been easier than I ex- expected. And I, I sound kind of weird saying that, like, I don't mean to <laughs> say that it's been all you know, rainbows and butterflies, but I think how we prepared and you know, echoing the statement I said before, like the game is won in the draft. We were just, you know, really careful and let the kids lead the way. Yeah, I really, really like this idea of the friendship that you created because mm-hmm. right now it's such a big thing where people keep saying you can't be your kid's friend and a parent. You can't be both. I'm like, no, don't fall into that trap because if you let go of that friendship and think that that's 
getting in the way of your parenting abilities, then it is going to be hard. It is going to be that draining experience and it's not going to be as fun. So I think the fact that you just said that your very own testament of it hasn't been that hard is a testament to the fact that you were friends first and that created a beautiful relationship. So thank you so much for sharing that. So many people are going to be able to relate to what you've been through and know that these are things that they can start doing in their lives. So thank you again for Marley for coming. Thank you everybody for listening. Um, Marley, if people resonate with what you're saying and they want to be a part of your world and want to know more about what you do, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah. Um, Instagram or YouTube is usually the place, best place. YouTube.com slash Marley Jacks or Instagram.com slash Marley Jacks. Awesome. Perfect. Well, thank you again. And we will see you all next time. Thank you again for being a part of our podcast family and for the difference you are making right now in the world and in the walls of your own home. If you're wanting to support parents everywhere, you can do that by leaving a rate and review. This helps so many find connection and answers they are searching for. Also, don't forget to go to WandaHoward.com and get your own free parenting blueprint. I love you all and we will see you next time.